Mrs. Louder and Miss Janie. Can't ever get over that song and thinking about God's faithfulness. Bethany did a great job tonight, didn't she? She did a really good job. And what a privilege to go to another country like that. And I was thinking what a privilege it is to have a great aunt that has been a missionary for 40 years and to help uh, tribal people to to learn the language and to have the Bible translated into their language. Boy, what a neat, what a neat heritage. What a neat um, thing that, that God has allowed for that family. And just by the grace of God, I know, and just to see what God's done. Just praise the Lord. I, I'm looking forward to looking at some of the things at the table back there. What a story about the hammock, you know, just neat to see. God cares about the little things, you know, and I know that was a big thing to Bethany, though. And that's a pretty neat souvenir. And so Praise the Lord for that. Well, if you would open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 13, we're going to continue our study on the, the most excellent way, the most excellent lay, way of truly living with others is loving others, loving as Christ loved us, loving sacrificially, and uh, the word charity is used in this passage. 1 Corinthians 13, uh, we'll start in verse uh, 4, when you're there, <clears throat> In my kitchen, we have a portrait. It's a neat, neat portrait. It's, it's an original portrait. It was made by a friend from college, and uh, it's a fruit bowl, and, and um, I guess it's a wine bottle. <laughs> we don't drink wine per se, but it's a beautiful, a beautiful portrait there, and uh, she had to do that for her senior requirement, and uh, when we left South Carolina, she, um, her and her husband, they gave that to us as a reminder of them, and what a neat gift. You know, as you look at that, as you look at a, a portrait or, a, or, I'm sorry, a painting, not a portrait or a painting, um, the idea, you look at that painting, you learn a little bit more about that person and, and you cherish that. And really in this passage here, if you could say we have a painting of love or a portrait of the Lord Jesus Christ and who he is and his character and how he loved us. And so as we read through this passage, I want you to see and remember that this isn't just um, an ideology or some philosophy. This is love and action. This is action verbs and how we ought to love one another. Verse 4, charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth. Not itself, or the idea is it does not brag about itself or boast about itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Let's pray. Father in heaven, tonight I pray that we would see the portrait of the Lord Jesus Christ and his love to us. We're thankful that Jesus is long-suffering toward us, that you're long-suffering, not willing that any should perish. Lord, you're kind. Lord, you are really never in it necessarily for yourself. You're, you're not doing things out of envy or jealousy or for your own selfish ambitions, but truly for, for your glory but in a right way. And uh, Lord, you want us to be exclusively looking to you and, and having that love relationship with you. And Lord, we ask tonight that you would just minister grace unto us. Lord, that you would help us to, to grow in grace. 
that we would have this type of love in our lives. And Lord, as we look at tonight the idea of bragging or being boastful and really coming from a heart of pride, I pray, Lord, that we would esteem others more than ourselves, that we would boast in you. And Lord, that you would help us in the next few moments to redeem the time. Help now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Truly, Christ is that portrait of love, and he wants us to be really reprints of him. He wants the church to be like him. And we ought to, we ought to demonstrate these qualities, these, these, this perfect love that's described in this passage. God wants that in our lives. And tonight, we're going to look at the idea how we're not, charity vaunteth not itself, or the idea that it doesn't brag about itself, or boast about itself, or seek the praise of men. Talk about really what does God want. And I'm hoping, Lord willing, to get to the next one. And love is not puffed up. It's not proud. You know, I, it's neat to see God changing lives and, and to hear of this, this missionary that was there in, in, the, um, in um, Brazil ministering to these tribal people. And, and I, what a blessing, I'm sure, to go back and to see generation or two generations later of what God has done in those folks. Let me read you a story. This is not Brazil, but it takes place in Venezuela, right by Colombia. It's of the Motolone people. And um, uh, this missionary bringing a Motolone person to the hospital and the doctor asking for help. I want you to listen to this. The woman's doctor was relieved to see us. After we visited the mother... He took us to a small lounge nearby. This mother needed a blood transfusion. She was about to die. I'm so glad you're here, the doctor said. She needs a transfusion immediately. I explained that I would be happy to donate, but that my blood type was A, positive, incompatible with the Motolone blood. The doctor glanced at my friend and the other Motolone that was with me, my friend, the Motolone. Knowing that all Motolones have the same blood type, he said to me, it's a good thing you brought a Motolone. I'll start the preparations for taking his blood. He left the room. Didn't ask the person if he wanted to give it. <laughs> I can't pronounce his name very well, but he, uh, he turned to me. Whose blood are you going to take? Your blood, I said. Otherwise, the, wo- the woman will die. His face became pale. He took a step backwards. No, you're not going to do that. He turned toward the door. I stepped around him quickly and blocked his exit. I said to him, if you don't give your blood, who will? I can't. I have a different blood type. He didn't understand. He kept looking past me into the hallway, but I didn't move. There's only one person who can do this. I said, you. He put his head down. I don't want to. I can't. I have too many things to do in this life. I didn't understand his selfish attitude. Too many things to do. What is that? He had a problem with this young Modelo mother. Was he scared of the needles, having never seen them before? Finally, he moved away and sat down. I left my position at the door and took a seat behind him. Neither of us spoke. I'm sure he sensed my exasperation over his defiance. After a few minutes, he turned to me and spoke in a somber tone. All right, he said, I will give my blood. A nurse arrived and led us into an examining room. She had him lie on the table. Working quickly, she swabbed his arm and jabbed in the needle. He closely watched the blood flow out of his arm. Then he looked up at me. His expression was a mixture of sadness and contentment. Tell me, Bruco, he said. 
when am I going to die? Suddenly understood his reluctance. He thought I wanted him to give his life in order to spare the young mothers. Incredibly, in a matter of a few minutes, he had made the decision to sacrifice himself that another Motolone could live. I was so stunned that for a moment I couldn't speak. Then I found my voice. No, no, you don't die. You are just giving some blood and it will not kill you. His eyes widened. I'm not going to die? No. Relief swept across his face as he put his head down on the table. Every muscle in his body seemed relaxed. I grinned at him. As the days passed, we were both pleased to see the young Motolone mother make a complete recovery. Later, I thought more about the Motolones and what this man had been willing to do. They had changed from a people who did not even notice the troubles of the family next to them to the point where one was willing to lay down his life almost on a moment's notice for another. Such a transformation was only possible, I realized, through the grace of God. The Motolones were doing more than paying lip service to the idea of walking in the trail of Jesus. They'd been renewed at the core of their being. They lived with a changed heart. Folks, that's a neat story. Neat to see there. And a little funny, them not understanding totally. But you know what? That's, that's where change takes place. And we have those times of trials and testing. We don't understand, but we can still show love to others. That, he was literally ready to lay down his life. And this idea, this love we're talking tonight is a, is a love that only comes by the grace of God. It's a spiritual love. It's a love that comes as we yield ourselves to God and we let the Holy Spirit use us and help us. And we've talked about how we need to be patient with one another and how we need to be kind to one another. And that, that, those ideas are the idea we could, we could retaliate and we could get our way. But it is laying down your life for one another. And last time, a couple of weeks ago, we looked at the idea of not being envious of others. Tonight, we start really looking at the idea that love does not boast about itself. It's not bragging. As we define this, it's really the only time this word is used in the Bible. There's other words for boasting, but this idea of vaunting about itself. The, the big definition here is employing rhetoric, rhetorical embellishments and extolling oneself excessively. <laughs> Basically, it's to put oneself on display through one's speech. This is the idea, and we've, we've all done this at times, where you go fishing and you tell somebody you caught, you know, that big of a fish. It's really the idea of boasting in your accomplishments or boasting in maybe it's your talents or gifts or your education. Usually one of us, all of us, have at least one thing we're really good at. Some of us have more than that, okay? But it's the idea of boasting about yourself. In boasting about those things. And really it's interesting that's right after uh, envying not. Because the idea is, is that you talk so much and you boast so much about yourself. That you're wanting the other person to become envious of you. And that's the idea that it's not love. It's not love to have other people want to be who you are or what you've done. The root word of the original Greek here is the idea of a windbag. Someone full of hot air who talks too much about himself. And really, this is the verbalizing of the idea of pride. Notice he says here, charity envieth not, charity vaunteth not itself, it is not puffed up. This is, this is verbalizing of the pride that, that can come at our core. As we describe that boasting described, this is, this is really what King Nebuchadnezzar did in, in the book of Daniel. As he looked over everything and he, 
he saw really how great uh, Babylon had become. And he, he utters these words and he says, is this not great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty? And many of you, not all of you know what happened after that. God struck him and humbled him. You know, it's boasting in yourself and your accomplishments and boasting in what you have done. You know, often the thing, really, had, had, had King Nebuchadnezzar really done that? Think about it. He had to get people to do that. He had to get servants or slaves to do that. He had to hire different, well, I'm sure he didn't hire. He was taking over people, but he had to have certain people watch over those. And often a lot of the things that we accomplish, it's not just ourselves. I mean, you think about if, if Mariota gets the Heisman Trophy this year for the Ducks football. Some of you don't even care to hear that. But if he gets that, is that really an accomplishment that he just earned all in and of himself? Not one bit. You know I know that? Because they had a game they lost this year because he didn't have a front line of men that were helping him. And it's so true in life. There's so many things that, that God... Ultimately, it's God the one that gives us and he helps us and he makes the circumstances the way they are. And really all glory ought to go to ought to go to him. And folks, there's times and we've got to be very careful when we become like King Nebuchadnezzar and we start boasting in, of our own accomplishments and our own things. We'll be very careful. In John twelve forty nine, 49, um, it speaks of Jesus and, and Jesus said, For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me. He gave me a commandment, what I should say, what I should speak. You know, often even Jesus did not talk about himself. I mean, he he will talk about that he's going to go to Jerusalem and do these things. Then he didn't understand. But often he talks about the Father who sent me. I'm an image of the Father. I've come to present who the Father is through me. You don't see Christ glorying. He could have gloried. I was there at creation. You Pharisees, listen up, you know, you don't have any idea. Were you around when, you know, like kind of in 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 uh, the book of Job there, where Job's just told after one verse after another about all the things you don't see Jesus doing that. He's God. He spoke not of himself. You know, how is this how is this idea of of boasting not developed in our life? It's it's already developed if you if if you're in your carnality and truly the Corinthian church, if if you want to look through this, all these things, you go through many of these these different actions and these verbs and all this. And you can go through and read this letter and the Corinthian church has fallen short to be patient with one another. Were they patient? No, they were quick to put each other down and quick to go to one leader and go to another leader. Uh, envieth not even vaunting or bragging about themselves. They were bragging about those that could speak in tongues and those that had certain gifts and those that had the speaking gifts and. And even in all these things, even the idea of the pride, the word puffed up is used eight times in first Corinthians. And it's only used one other time. And I think in the book of Colossians and it's used of the Corinthians. They were puffed up because they allowed sexual sin in their church. They're puffed up because they had such a great knowledge. They're puffed about up about all these different things that they thought of themselves. And truly. Boasting is natural, isn't it? But Proverbs 27 verses 1 through 2 say, do not boast about tomorrow. 
for you do not know what a day may bring. Well, if you're boasting about tomorrow, lots of times it's about what you're going to do. Again, who's getting the, the glory? Let another, another praise you, another man praise you, and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. See, one of the ways that can help us not to brag about ourselves or talk about ourselves is truly just to keep our mouth shut at times. But it's esteeming others more than yourselves. It's not seeking your own honor, your own esteem, but seeking others. Surely Romans 12, verse 10 says it this way, and and good verse for us. Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another, honoring one another, esteeming one another. Again, it takes a whole church body to function together. It's not just one. It's not a one man show. Surely. It's not only esteeming one another more than yourself, but it's turning the topic to the Lord. I heard of one one man that his 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 desire was truly to turn every conversation that he could back to the Lord, back to the Lord. What do you talk about? You know, when you when you're talking together with others and we had Thanksgiving and sometimes it depends who you're with, obviously, but at the Thanksgiving table or maybe you have family there. And if there's unsaved people there, it's sometimes hard to turn the subject to the Lord or at least keep it on the Lord. Um, but but what are you talking about? Sometimes as we talk. We're not really listening to that other person and the story they're telling. What are we doing? We're waiting to get the next word in because we think we have a bigger and better story. <laughs> that's, that's, that's vaunting yourself. That's boasting. But are we turning the topic back to the Lord? Galatians 6.14 says, but, um, Paul says, But God forbid that I should not glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. I shared that verse with a, a gentleman a couple weeks ago door to door and he didn't quite understand what I was saying. I guess I wasn't explaining it very well. And, and as we were talking about the, the cross, and, and basically I was talking to this gentleman. He was of a different religion, and he was really boasting of what he had done to get to heaven and different things. And I said, you know, Paul said he boasted in the cross. He boasted in that. And he, right away he said, why would you boast in a, an instrument of torture? He didn't get what I was, he didn't, he didn't understand the full work that was being accomplished on the cross. Paul's saying here is I boast in in a holy God that has made a way that we can have our sins forgiven. I boast in the fact that we can be redeemed. We can be bought back from the the penalty and the slavery of sin. I boast in the redemption and the reconciliation that we can be at peace with God. See, if we're going to boast about anything, it ought to be about the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians uh, 1 Verse 26 through 31, truly, even back there, Paul told the Corinthians, he said, remember where you came from. You know, none of us have anything to boast about in of ourselves. We don't. I mean, we can have some neat accomplishments and neat things, but the glory goes to the Lord. He says, for you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, the things which are not to bring uh, to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, 
that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Jeremiah 9.24, we read, But let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord which exerciseth loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. You know why we are somebody? (laughs) It's because of him. It's because of the somebody. (laughs) The one that can truly change us and and make us useful and effective by his grace. Love does not brag. Folks, we've got to watch ourselves. We ought to esteem others. We ought to honor others. We ought to build up others. It's not about ourselves. We need to catch our tongue. Times that we need to stop because really what you're saying is that you're better than that other person. And how unloving to say anything like that. You know, as I read through this book, and it's been neat for our family devotion time and, and things and, and talking about these things, but often these tribal people were looked down upon because their culture was different. Because they didn't have all the things that we have. Uh, they didn't have TVs and they didn't have radios and they didn't even have glass. They didn't even know what glass was. Uh, one of the Molones went into the city and he was in a nice office with a pretty important person. He went over to the glass and he looked at it and he tried to spit through it because he thought it was hard water, okay, like ice. Another Molone went up to a radio and destroyed it because he wanted to find the midgets inside it, you know. And we laugh at that and we think in, in the idea of even a blood transfusion. But folks, we're not better than anybody else. In fact, in... In that same book, it talks about this Modalone Indian and, and how he, they loved to sing beautiful voices. And the songs they sang, they would sing for hours around the fire. And just singing lovely things. And this one Modalone meets a government official. And, and this government official wants him to sing. It's always heard of the Modalones and their songs. And he sings this beautiful song. And he sings about, he sings about Jesus and his, his love to me. And I'm, I'm walking on his path now. And he's changed me. And all these wonderful truths. And, and the government official, he, he sings that song, La Cucaracha, about the cockroach. And uh, the Modalone didn't understand him. And so he asked the missionary, he said, what, what are you, what did he sing about? He said, a cockroach. He said, this can't be. He's a government official. He's so high up in this country and he's singing about cockroaches <laughs> and I'm singing about God. There's so many things we don't understand about others and we ought to boast in the Lord. Are you boasting in the Lord? You know, Brother Mike taught a good lesson in Sunday school this morning, really directing us to trust the Lord and looking to the Lord. The Lord's the one that gives the peace. He's the one that that helps us and and provides and we need to trust him folks we take it into our own hands and we try to do things and we mess it up and if we do have some uh, accomplishments and things it doesn't last and your name will not last brother valier preached a wonderful message last sunday night and talking about not building monuments for yourself but building and putting your investing in um, the eternal gospel that truly can last we had a boast in that you see love is not puffed up this idea of being puffed up means to be big-headed. It's really the underlying attitude of someone that boasts. It's an inner arrogance. And folks, we all have this. We all boast about ourselves at times. But this is that inner arrogance that comes. And, 
You know, we talked about the composers last time. Remember uh, Tuscanini and Muscogny. And I uh, remember the one wanted to get paid more than the other, and one only did it for nothing. The other guy got a dollar. This Muscogny was, was so self-conceited, so arrogant. One of the operas that he composed, he dedicated it to himself. He said, to myself with distinguished esteem and unalterable satisfaction. That's, that's pride, okay? Building, can you imagine building the, the new church building and dedicating it to yourself? What, a, what, a, what an act of, of pride. William Carey, one of the greatest linguists, one of the, the father of modern missions, missionary to India, uh, translated the Bible into 34 different languages. God used them in a mighty way. He was there in India, and there's a caste system there, and so there's, there's definitely a hierarchy in the, in the things. And if you're on the lowest part, you're like nothing there. Really sad the way they esteem one above another. And William Carey, well, he was at this dinner party, not, not drinking per se, just a party with kind of uppity people and the higher status. One of the men came up to him and said, Oh, what's this I hear that you were once a shoemaker? And William Carey was quick to say, oh, no, I wasn't a shoemaker. I just repaired shoes. (laughs) He wasn't good enough to make them. He just repaired them. You know, truly, God does bless us and he helps us and he gives us talents and he gives us all these different things. But he's the one that gets the glory. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Proverbs 8, 13. Proverbs 8.13 says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy in the evil way. In the forward mouth do I hate. Proverbs 11.2 says, When pride cometh, then cometh shame. But with the lowly is wisdom. Of course, we know this one, Proverbs 16.18. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Truly, the man that is proudful and boasts about himself is an ignorant person. A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. Truly, it's not being big-headed, but it's being big-hearted. In John 3.30, it speaks of John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist, God used him to prepare the way for the Lord, really being the cousin of the Lord Jesus. And in this man, God used mightily in a mighty way. But do you remember what John the Baptist said to his disciples? He said, Jesus must increase, but I must decrease. What a good motto. What a good theme for our life. Let's let that happen tonight. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we are thankful, Lord, this evening for the glorious gospel. We're thankful, Lord, that, that you've loved us with an everlasting love. You've displayed this love, Lord, through coming to this earth and making yourself a, a servant, uh, really uh, becoming flesh. And Lord, it wasn't about your own self-glory, but it was about fulfilling the will of the Father. Lord, I pray that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to get out of the way that you might increase, 
Lord, that you'd help us not to be a complaining people, to not be a people that um, look to ourselves, but a people that trust you, a people that want to glory in the cross. Lord, it's not about what people think of us. It's not about the fear of men or the praise of men. It's truly about pleasing you and living for you, an audience of one. Lord, I pray tonight you'd help us to be humble people, interested in others, and Lord, used of you. Lord, I'm thankful for these missionaries that have went on before us. I'm thankful, Lord, for the testimony tonight, and Lord, for this missionary serving for 40 years, reaching a people in a different country, because she's really wanting to boast in you. She's setting aside her own agenda and doing what you asked of her. Lord, I pray that we'd be humble people, that we would follow you. You'd change us from the inside out, that we might have this love that's described here in this love chapter. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Did I hear some pages turning? Do you, does anybody know? Um, we'd like to close with a song tonight. Miss um, Jane, did you pick one out by chance? 64. Okay. Let's turn to six, page 64 and let's stand to our feet. To God be the glory. Let's sing the first stanza. To God be the glory, great things he hath done. So loved he the world that he gave us his son life and atonement for sin, and open the life gate that all may go in. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear His voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son. And give him the glory, great things he hath done. Amen. We ought to just put that in practice and remember what he's done and share that with others. Amen. You are dismissed. Have a great week.